cost of home building, home expanding is, is just very prohibitive for a lot of people. But you can actually essentially add a livable room without having to add a livable room. How do you do that? Garage experts. It is such a transformation. So many people, you read the reviews that they, they will take that, what otherwise is just a place to keep things, including a car, and hold events, have parties there. Um, you know, I'd mentioned a, a pic I got last week of a uh, of, uh, father and son. It was raining out. And they had a picnic plan that day, and so they're doing it on the garage floor because of the flooring laid down by garage experts. And, of course, the customized storage helps make that garage uh, just uh, – it's like adding a whole new room to your home. And I guarantee you this. When you have it done and you are showing people or maybe a friend comes over for the first time since you've had it done, you're going to take them in there and show it. To, you're going to want to show it off. That's what an improvement it makes. Garage experts, you can see what they can do for you. You can see what they did with my garage by going to our Facebook page videos, 1041 Nick Reed. And then I've got a short sit down with Mark Long and Shelly Long, who um, those some of you were at our Happy Hour Retro Metro Friday. They were there. Um, and, uh, you know, you can meet them, if you will, through video and hear a little bit about what it is that Garage Experts does under Nick's endorsements, KSGF.com. We're going to talk with Congressman Burleson coming up around 7.35 this morning. A number of things regarding Election Day. Now, we do have some of you have voting today, whether you realize it or not. Mostly we're talking about small little municipality things or tax issues, perhaps. You can find out if, in fact, this impacts you by going to ksgf.com, the rotating tile. When you see sample ballots come up, click on it. That's sponsored by Delta Roofing. And then you can find out um, whether or not you are someone that does have an issue up. Now, there are areas of the country in which there is a great deal of attention being paid. The gubernatorial race in Kentucky, the current Democrat governor, Andy Bashir, seeking a second term. Uh, the attorney general, Daniel Cameron, is looking to unseat him. Um, now, this has been a race where the Democrat has, up until recently, been expected to easily win. There was a recent morning console poll that showed the Democrat with a 60 to 35 uh, approval rating, 60% of people uh, supporting him double-digit lead over the attorney general who is challenging him, Cameron endorsed by Trump. And according to a recent poll released on Friday, the race is now tied 47 to 47. So the gap has certainly been closed there. You've got Mississippi gubernatorial race. There is currently a Republican governor there. This is being closely watched. Public Service Commissioner Bradley Presley, who is the Democrat candidate for that, that race, um, traditionally safe Republican state, but there was a welfare scandal that took place in which apparently $77 million in federal funds that was supposed to go to low-income residents instead somehow got handed to wealthy state residents. That's how it's been described in the Washington Examiner. 
I'm not sure exactly how that happened, what wealthy means this, though, uh, is something that apparently has made the current governor relatively unpopular and given hope to Democrats that they may be able to use this as not only are Democrats going into the 2024 elections doing well, doing healthy, uh, but here in deep red Mississippi, where it should be an easy Republican win, they were able to snatch one away and put it in the Democrat column. Virginia election. This is one I referenced earlier. Youngkin. Now, he's not up. The, the, the assembly is. They hold a 48-46 majority. They call it the House of Delegates. So that could go the way of Democrats. Clearly, Republicans are hoping to not only hold on to that, but increase the lead and take the Senate from the Democrats. And then you have in Ohio an issue of abortion, which I just hate even talking about. I it just because I have what many people consider to be a unrelenting, rigid view on abortion. I, my view on abortion is the same as it is with slavery. There's no such thing as really a moderate position. I, you know, I hear, a, you know, well, it's moderate to uh, support abortion some of the time, but not other. It's like, I don't like saying, well, it's a moderate position on slavery to say some people can be enslaved, but others can't. That's my position on it. I know not everyone agrees, obviously. But um, there could be a lot of implications with that. And then you've got a number of mayoral races. One of them, Sheila Jackson Lee, of course, down there in Houston. Hillary Clinton has put weight behind her. I, I don't know what national implications that will necessarily have, but Houston, they're a little wacky. They may put her in. This could be a double-edged sword, however. A win for Democrats, let's say... That today, everything goes the way for Democrats. They get Mississippi, they retain Kentucky, they win the abortion fight in Ohio, allowing abortion constitutionally up to birth. They retain the Senate in Virginia, maybe even take the House. Right? Massive victory. Or, or is it? Maybe not. All right, so we're going to get a uh, quick update on the news, and then I want to share with you why that it's a double-edged sword. They're, they're kind of in a lose-lose situation with these these elections that they are looking at uh, today, and I'll explain that next. American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. A Taney County man is now charged following a deadly shooting in Bradleyville. Last week, deputies were called to a home for reports of a shooting. The victim, John Loveless, was pronounced dead at the scene. Charles Tinker was arrested and is now charged with second-degree murder. During an interview with investigators, Tinker said that he shot Loveless during an argument after Loveless said he was going to kill him. Tinker also said he intended to shoot him in the leg, according to court documents. In Branson, a man has pleaded guilty to arson for setting fire to the Track Family Fun Park and the Ferris Wheel in April. Court documents say Frank Paul set fire to the attraction using gasoline he found there. Paul later told law enforcement that he started the fire to cover up that he had stolen electronics from the business. 
He will be sentenced in January. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. First alert forecast from Color 10. Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks. Home improvement, sunny 79 today, 62 tonight, sunny 79 tomorrow. Don't forget, Friday we have a first responders breakfast at Scramblers. If you're a first responder, Scramblers along with Barker's Frame and Collision and Pyramid Roofing. Going to be buying you free breakfast at 6, 8, and 9, a this Friday for first responders at Scramblers. Number of elections today that are being closely watched. Gubernatorial race, Kentucky. Democrat, just as of a couple of weeks ago, had a double-digit lead over the Republican Attorney General challenging him for that seat. He's very popular. 60% approval rating, the Democrat. Uh, but that gap, according to the latest polling, shows 47-47 tied. Uh, you have in Mississippi what is one of the more, if not most, unpopular uh, governors. Uh, he is a Republican, challenged by a Democrat there. You've got things in the balance in Virginia. You've got an Ohio abortion debate. And so um, we could get a mixed bag of results. Uh, things could go very well for Republicans. Uh, that would just add to the worrisome nature of Democrats they're already facing. Or Democrats could hold Kentucky. They could gain Mississippi. They could keep the Senate Virginia, maybe even uh, gain the House of Delegates. And they could enshrine abortion up to birth in Ohio. And this would be seen as a massive victory. But here's the problem that they're going to face. And it's the same problem that they will face, if that's the case, that they faced with the victory of the midterm elections. And that is, it allows Joe Biden to continue to run for president. Prior to the midterm election, Democrats were out there and were seeing a bit of a repeat. High-profile Democrats were out there talking about Joe Biden should not run for re-election. Now, it wasn't a massive tidal wave, but it was noteworthy. You had some elected de- elected Democrats, a couple of members of the House. You'd have this commentator over here. The, the influential people that are listened to that began to come out and say Joe Biden should not run for re-election. And then the midterms occurred. There was not a red wave. And that gave Biden, and he did, he went out there bragging about that he had a better midterm. I mean, Obama lost Democrats in the midterm. Relatively speaking, he had one of the best midterms of any sitting president. So that took the wind out of the sails of those Democrats that were looking for him not to run, to pressure him not to run for re-election. And some of it may have been self-doubt. I mean, they may have thought, oh, well, you know, the reason we didn't want Biden in there is because we thought he'd lose. We thought we were doing very badly. We we're expecting this massive red wave. And my gosh, if that if that happens, then what's 2024 election? There's no way he can win. And And they were surprised. Democrats were just as surprised as Republicans. And so that kept him in. Now, would he have been forced out otherwise? I think it depends on if the red wave did occur, how severe. I think if it was severe enough, then yes, they would have ushered him out. It would have been inevitable, and it didn't happen. Now, this isn't a midterm, but 
we are, interestingly enough, once again, back at the point where you have high profile Democrats that are calling on Biden to not run for reelection. David Axelrod on Sunday making the comments. A few weeks ago, we talked about Ignatius in the uh, the Post, or the now he's with the Post, uh, writing that he should step aside. You have more and more. You've got James Carville out there talking about how you know there's a real problem here with Biden running, and so increasingly, we are back at that point that we were in this country right before the midterm elections where Democrats were beginning that process of publicly calling for him not to run, beginning to create that narrative. If Democrats have a successful evening, a successful day in Mississippi, I think Mississippi is going to be a big one, big bragging points, despite the fact that you have a Republican that is wounded because of scandals and so forth. Uh, they will claim that as a mandate that Americans are done with Trump. They're done with MAGA. Uh, they want to move forward. They're recognizing that that the, the policies are beginning to work. And that could give Biden, if there's any doubt whatsoever about, well, maybe the people around him are worried that that uh, he, he isn't going to be able to pull it out and that somebody does need to run in his place, that some big wins like that could be used to say clearly we need not be as worried as we think we need to be worried because the midterms should have been an easy red wave and they weren't. And uh, you know, the, these elections here, at least in some instances, should have gone to Republicans, some of them, of course, right there on the edge. But if they break towards Democrats, now this is the double-edged sword component because what would be seen and utilized as you know this, this narrative that this is a big win, it's a huge victory for Democrats, it will make it less likely they're going to dump Biden, which... Of course, November, or however long it takes to count those drop box ballots, will either prove that, hey, it was the smart move sticking with Biden for Democrats, or it was a disastrous decision. A lot of it's in retrospect. A1 Custom Car Care, all of your car care needs, and Christmas, the holidays approaching. Bidenomics is become so very difficult, mostly doing harm to lower income and middle income Americans and wealthy changing their lifestyle to some degree that trickles down, of course, to lower and middle income Americans. Uh, But that means that any sort of unexpected problems with your vehicle is all that much more frightening, all that much more economically damaging. And it's one of the reasons that A1 Custom Car Care has arranged for uh, the availability of financing. And you don't have to have the best credit in the world. While, of course, with any financing, you have fees that are associated. It's 99 or 100 days. What, what is it? 100 days, 0% financing, I think, is what it is. I've, I've heard you say it in those traffic deals before uh, i think it is yeah somewhere around there it's like 9900 days uh, they, they'll uh, they're the ones that could tell you all about the details of it and of course those things do change over time now is it the right thing for you to do i don't i don't have an answer to that but i do know sometimes you find yourself in that that predicament 
the snake eating its tail, where you have to get to work in order to make money to fix your car, but you can't get to work because your car isn't fixed, but you don't have the money to fix the car because you can't get to work because the car, you know, that, that whole situation. And so sometimes it is an option that uh, will save you from having to take out, you know, one of those crazy, crazy loans that you know, will have interest rates out the wazoo after just two weeks. So talk with them if you happen to think that you have absolutely no options at this point, financially speaking, and there may be something for you. A1 Custom Car Care. Joe, So uh, Joe Biden, he's out there and he's it's doing the Amtrak thing again. I love this headline. It's crazy that Biden's people can't stop this. Joe tells bizarre debunk story twice in less than an hour. This is the story which everyone knows is not true. No one bothers defending the story. When Joe Biden tells this story over and over and over again, like so many other stories that are not true, Once upon a time, his handlers would, well, he meant this, or well, this. They, they don't even bother anymore. And I don't think that they even try. So the headline suggests that what I think many people would assume that they do try. It's crazy Biden's people can't stop this. I don't think that they even try anymore. I, I, I think that they fully recognize, one, there's no point. Because he, he's not going to remember not to tell this story. It is clear that he, he doesn't have the awareness to know that everyone knows that this story is not true. And it calls into question his mental abilities. So the thing of it is, this is where these stories are damaging. It's not about him telling lies at this point. People don't hear the stories that he tells about hitting a home run out of a major league baseball park or being a truck driver or, you know, all of these weirds being arrested with Nelson Mandela in South Africa. That's still one of my favorites. Um, But this one where he's told this story and it's about some guy named Angelo, an Amtrak conductor and he claims that the Secret Service almost shot him because he came up and he, oh, he grabbed Joe Biden's cheek and really shook it and and was telling, oh, Joe, you've gone over a, a million miles on Amtrak. And, and it, the story isn't true because when that point had occurred, this guy had been dead for years. And so, it, you know, it's just, it's not a true story. The pro- the reason that this is problematic for the Biden campaign at this point is not because people view it as another lie that Joe Biden is telling. They view it as there's really clearly something wrong because this because he continues to tell a story that everyone knows is a lie. And so there is the people infer from that that he can't remember that we know that it wasn't true. Because it's one thing if you tell a story and it turns out it's been debunked and it's not true, you don't tell that story again, right? But he continues to. And when you have such a high portion of the population, including people in your own party that already question your mental abilities and they are 
utilizing that perception as part of their formula whether to vote for this individual or not and as he continues to do worse and worse in the polls this is not a good thing for them as a campaign by the way within an hour he told he repeated the story told it twice that also doesn't help springfield's talk 1041 congressman burleson coming up next i'm nick reed First responders, free breakfast at Scramblers this Friday from 6A to 9A. That thanks to our friends at Pyramid Roofing and Barker's Frame and Collision. Scramblers, of course, as well. You just got to come by. We'll have the table set up there. We'll be doing the show, and we've got little certificates for you. And if you're a first responder, just come on up and grab one of them puppies, and you give it to your server, and you will be all set up from there. Speaking of food, you can get signed up for Lunch Bunch Retro Metro. At KSGF.com, if you win, then you and up to five of your friends. Up to five of your friends can join Sarah and me for lunch at Retro Metro. It's one of the absolute best places to have lunch. It's great for lunch meetings, whether it's with your friends or um, you know, business associates. They, they, they have a little side private room as well. So if you have smaller meetings, they can accommodate that. Uh, I think every other Friday in the evening they do jazz. It's just a fantastic place. Great employees, great owners. That is Retro Metro. Cannot recommend them enough. The first alert forecast from Color 10. Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunshine today. I have 79, 62 tonight and tomorrow again. Much like today. Sunny with a high of 79. Congressman Burleson is with us this morning. And it's good to talk to you, sir. Uh, what's a report card on the new speaker after a week or two? How I don't even know how long it's been now. One week, um, two after the. <laughs> Yeah, one week. Uh, I think we're pretty much into week two or beginning week two. And um, uh, first week was awesome because um, he ba- he embraced, you know, kind of the conservative idea of saying, if we're going to fund Israel, we're not going to fund Ukraine. We're not going to uh, and we're not going to go into debt doing it. So we're going to uh, pull the money from the IRS agents. And Washington, D.C. has been, you know, the responses are typical flip, flip it and the senate is uh you know under mitch mcconnell they're they're working on their big omnibus bill as we speak mm-hmm. that they want to try to jam us with and so this um mike Dotson is going to continue we're going to continue to push to pass the 12 appropriation bills today we are in transportation we're doing the transportation uh, bill or called T-HUD, Transportation, Housing, and Urban Development. And and then we'll continue with more appropriation bills throughout the rest of the week. But I will say Mike has got, he's got, he's fighting people on both sides. He's fighting mm. the moderates in the Senate. Um, he's fighting the Democrats in the Senate. He's fighting Joe Biden. And then unfortunately, he's fighting some of the members of his own conference who don't want to spend money or who don't want to cut spending the appropriators. And so we, our conference had agreed to a top line number of spending $1.526 trillion. And these court, like this T-HUD bill, unless some amendments are added onto it, it's going to blow through that, through that top line number. And then that, and then what's going to, the next bill going to do, is it going to make up for it? Probably not. It's probably going to blow through it too. 
So these appropriators need to step up and support Mike Johnson and support the rest of the, if we're going to be a successful conference. So, I mean, how, how do you deal with that? And what do you do? This is of course, where the problems always arise. You have those that love to spend taxpayer dollars and it is especially as we're learning problematic when they are within the Republican party. Um, what 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 gets done in order to win those individuals over to the more fiscally responsible way of things? Well, we're going to have a conference meeting here in 30 minutes or about 25 minutes. And hopefully we can, you know, make an appeal. But at the end of the day, we can't continue to do business right. as usual. We can't continue to just let the spending continue at the rate that it's at and continue to go into debt. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's really frustrating, but if we're going to be a Republican party and we're going to demonstrate that we're different than the Democrats, we have to demonstrate that we're different. We have to actually effectuate different policies and make a difference. And I'm fighting tooth and nail to make a difference. I think we've got the right speaker to do it. Um, we just, it's just, this place is a swamp and it's impossible. It's very yeah. difficult to turn the ship around. Um, and so hopefully, but we, hopefully we can make some adjustments. Now, what appears to be occurring that has always been one of the biggest problems is the lack of voting on all this stuff, these, these appropriations separately. And I, I think there were, the number was 12 and we had this deadline. What, what does that look like now? So now I think we've passed at least six or seven of the 12. And so by the end of this week, we'll probably be nine of the 12. And then probably we could pass three more next week and be completed. So I, for assuming everything goes well, but. Well, I was going to say, and you, you mentioned assuming everything goes well, but for something that they presented as, as something that was seemingly impossible to do, uh, we've got the new speaker in there and, and it seems as if it's happening. It is happening. We are passing these bills and bills that have not been passed in decades. So it's, that's promising. Um, what the, the debate that's happening up here is that the, the, there's growing sentiment that even if we did pass all the appropriation bills, the, the Senate hasn't passed them. Right. So, what the Senate wants to do is is not pass them, get to the deadline, and send us a big omnibus bill or a or a continuing resolution until Christmas, and then stuff us with an omnibus bill. So instead of doing that, one of the theories floated by a Freedom Caucus member is to do a staggering CR uh, that 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 basically or laddered CR is what it's called. So that you have a continuing resolution on a small package of of the appropriation bills that are ready to ready to ready to pass or at least start negotiating with the Senate. Okay. And you have those expire or sunset sooner, and then you have a later date past January. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you a little bit second why we're why we want to get past January, but. You, you you then have the the remainder of the bills basically expire 
and their appropriations end in like mid January or late January. And the reason why January is because then you've taken off the pressure that the Senate uses to try to force or jam the house into passing the omnibus bill because they, they basically leverage Christmas God. and they leverage members who are tired. I mean, Nick, we've been here for norm. We've been here like 12 weeks straight. Mm-hmm. And so there is, I mean, and so they're just trying to wear us down. Sure. Burn you out. Burn us mm-hmm. out. And meanwhile, the Senate doesn't do anything. They, they are <laughs> the least productive body ever. We've got Congressman Burleson with us. Uh, the I, I guess the first test of pre-speaker to speakership was getting the votes to be speaker. Um, one, But now, of course, we've got all of this going on. This attempt by Democrats to ride the coattails of support for Israel or allow um, um, U.S. tax dollars to continue to go to Zelensky to, right, by riding the coattails of support for Israel. This was clear this was going to be their tactic with the Oval Office address. Uh, Speaker Johnson has said, no, we're going to do these things separately. One of the areas in which these battles uh, usually are pretty successful for Democrats is this sort of manipulation where uh, they try to tie the two together. And then when if and when Republicans say, no, we're not going to do that, they come back and say, oh, you are, you know, puppets of Putin and uh, this is good for Russia. And, you know, they play this marketing game. This is going to be a great test, I think, for Speaker Johnson, uh, whether or not Republicans as a party will allow Democrats the upper hand in in the marketing of this and and fall to it or stick to the guns and force them to accept a separate funding. How do you see this going? So there's there's several battles. The first battle was the one that we just sent over with the with the Israeli support. Um, We need. Johnson and the negotiators need to hold the line uh, on on the Israeli support bill. And I think that it puts the Democrats, even Chuck Schumer, in in a bad spot mm-hmm. to vote against um, to v- vote against funding for Israel because you want to fund the IRS. Right. The, the American people don't understand that, and they 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 don't want that, and so. What I would I am going to try to fight to, to make happen is that if the Senate they're, they're going to add on Ukraine they're going to add on all these things and they're going to send it back over and what we need to do is strip it out put back the exact same language and send it back to the Senate right. and make them vote against it again and eventually they're going to realize that we have the resolve to mean what we say and then the second fight that's going to happen is. If we is if we can get, for example, the best case scenario is if we get this latter continuing resolution, where the where th- that I spoke about earlier, if we can get that passed this week or next week, and then and, and get then then if we can get that passed by the Senate, and make resolve that this is the only continuing resolution that the House is going to pass, then that forces the Senate to stay in town and work on the other the, and negotiate the individual 12 appropriation bills. So then that fight will be a fight in and of itself yeah. is the 12 appropriation bills and what top line levels that they're going to be at. And then the final fight is going to be the Ukraine fight. 
And so they are going to want a lot of, you know, funding for Ukraine. We don't want to fund Ukraine any more than we've already funded it. And I think that if, if the Biden administration wants it, they're going to have to give up a lot. And what we're, what I want to see happen is for sure that the border is fixed. Right. And I mean, really fixed, not, we put mm-hmm. something on paper, we put something in a law that you're not going to enforce. Uh, we need to put something in place that is, that's unavoidable, that they cannot not enforce. Or, or they could pick up Josh Hawley's bill, which I am the, I'm the House sponsor of, which is a version that says that the states, if the if federal government is not going to enforce it, then the states have the authority to yeah. enforce immigration law. Congressman Burleson with us. Uh, final question, then any additional info you want to add. Uh, we, we, we listen for weeks to Democrats portray Republicans as lacking leadership because of how splintered they were over the issue of a speaker. Uh, yet what we've seen with the Democrat Party is their splintering is over whether to support terrorists or not. Uh, between the two, I would argue that that is a signal of a much larger problem for the Democrats. Um, yeah, We've seen some of the polling where apparently Democrats are worried they could lose Michigan because of the high a segment of the population that is supportive of Hamas there and the support of Israel that the White House is presenting to some degree. Uh, it's a real interesting battle. I know some on the sob squad, or that I call them, uh, have been pretty, they've been presented as being pretty anti-Israel and, and supporting Hamas. What, what's the sense in the feel uh, in in Washington about this fracturing within the Democrat Party over the support of Hamas versus Israel. Yeah, I think well the Republican Party is, is oh yeah united one hundred percent united. That's clear. And and it, it is it's really I, I think that Joe Biden is completely to blame for what's happened in Israel. When the moment he took office, he he his administration had this posture that Iran. Like they, they naively believe that Iran is not really trying to build nuclear weapons. They don't really want to kill Israel. And let's, let's loosen up some of these sanctions. Well, clearly that didn't work. And so you sent a message to the Middle East that you're not, you don't, you don't have the back of Israel and that you are okay with, with this anti um, Israeli activity. So then we should not be surprised when Hamas suddenly, you know, starts this this war and and then because the biden administration didn't go in and say absolutely 100 percent unequivocally we right. support israel and in, fa- in fact he, he started he came in questioning Net- benjamin netanyahu about the bombing of the hospital all of these things yeah. that we now know were a lie but why would you doubt your ally and instead of at least giving them the prima facie um, belief that they're right, and, and and that kind of posturing, this attitude that that the United States has, that Biden has, where they want to force Israel to do, into a ceasefire, that is that is not good. Well, that is only going to exacerbate the, this. Well, and I don't think it goes unnoticed that whenever someone like Trump has in the past he's talked about 
you know, well, when it comes to Russia and, and Ukraine, there's got to be a ceasefire. I can make it happen. And he gets railed on as being pro-Russian for calling for uh, a form of a ceasefire. But then this administration calls for a ceasefire and, and tries to say, but we're not pro-Hamas. Well, you can't have it both ways. You know, they, they, they're all about ceasefires in Israel. But if you talk about some form of a ceasefire in Ukraine, you're horrible and a puppet of the Putin regime. And I, I don't think that contradiction goes unnoticed. Yeah, that's a by good By the point. enemy. Congressman Burleson, well, yeah, anything yeah. else this morning? No. Okay. Nope. Um, good to hear from you, Nick. Yeah. And if anybody has any, this week is Veterans Day on Friday. If you're a veteran or a family member of a veteran and you have any issues that you need, please reach out to my office and we're here to help. All right. Thank you, sir, as always. Congressman Burleson, have a good rest of your week. You too, Nick. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Lee. Sir Meyer. Thank you. Well, holiday travel is almost here. And if you are planning on taking a trip to see family or friends uh, for the holidays and you are going to do a rental car, I recommend giving Avis the car rental company a call today. Make sure that you secure that rental vehicle. And while you're there, I also recommend that you check out their long-term rental program. Now, the long-term rental program, it is great if you are going to be in the market to purchase a new vehicle soon, but you want to make sure that you are making the right choice before you actually make that big commitment. It's also really great if you're a person who likes to lease your vehicles, but you are wanting something with a little bit more flexibility. And the great part about the long-term rental program is you don't have to worry about vehicle maintenance. You don't have any trips to the DMV. And if you get into a vehicle that you just realize maybe it doesn't have enough space, or maybe you're wanting a little bit more bells and whistles, or whatever the case is, you can swap vehicles out every couple of months if you wish to do so. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental program, or if you're just wanting to uh, go ahead and secure that short-term rental, you can swing by the Avis store. It's located off of Fort and Sunshine here in Springfield. You can speak to Lauren. And of course, you can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at KSGF.com. In the upcoming hour, I'm mentioning this now because we won't have time to fully go into it before we get news. Though I've noticed, uh, well... I haven't been completely in tune, but there seems to be a lack of real coverage of the manifesto from the Nashville shooter. You know, this uh, this was, l- quote, leaked yesterday. Now, manifestos, they get put out all the time. Um, but curiously, when it came to this transgender individual that went to the Christian school shooting up children. The manifesto has been kept under wraps. It's been kept secret. All of a sudden, we can't know. Many of us, understanding the censorship nature of the Democrat Party, recognize this as a signal that it probably has some information in it that doesn't fit the narrative about shooters and might even implicate the rhetoric that we currently hear from the Democrat Party. And guess what? According to, now, no one's denying that this information is legit. What they are saying is that the, the, the photos that have been leaked out 
of the writings in the manifesto were not photos officially taken by law enforcement. So every response to this is indicating that this is legit. And the mayor of Nashville is furious, not because of the rhetoric, but because it got the information got released. Now, if you aren't aware, the Democrat or the mayor of Nashville is a Democrat. And what we know so far, and this is some of what we'll cover in the upcoming hour, is the rhetoric, the theme, at least some of what we have learned is evidently in the manifesto, is thematic to what kids are being taught in schools regarding critical race theory and diversity, equity, and inclusion, a.k.a. white privilege. That this was somebody that has bought totally into the white privilege uh, uh, narrative that gets shoved down these kids' throats and took it to heart. So we'll have that coming up. I do need to get a traffic update here as we continue on this morning. The American Transmissions Talk at Text Line 447-KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. Streaming live. KSGF.com. We're bringing back the ever-so-popular Show Us Your Best Shot. It's a little play on words here with hunting season and taking pictures. You like to post your pictures. This is an idea that came up organically several years ago as we noticed a lot of you all that do hunt posting pictures on social media. We're like, hey, let's get in on that. And so we began partnering uh, with uh, some of our folks to to sponsor and, and come up with awesome prizes for those that also submit them for our page that we get up so we can see your videos and your photos. Um, and, and they can be past seasons as well. Brad Pistol and Safe Money Radio sponsoring this. Now listen to this prize pack. Brad Pistol, uh, he put this together himself. The prize pack, this all goes to one person. Two Primo's Autopilot 20 megapixel game cameras, Ameristep Jake House Turkey Ground Blind, Sure Shot Deer Grunt Call, two The Box Turkey Calls, Busby Tackle Box filled with various fishing lures, 22 Rimfire Popper Shooting Target, uh, Hybrid Light Smith's Defense Deluxe Knife Sharpening Kit, Allen Monopod uh, Shooting Sticks, Hopper 9 Gun Cleaning Kit, wool hunting gloves, a survival fire starting kit, and you can see the photos of much of that on our website. So all of that is going to go to one winner. How do you win? Simply by submitting your photos. It's not a best photo or most photos. Your 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 submission is an entry. And so a big uh, thank you to Brad Pistol and Safe Money Radio, and you can get entered and see more information at KSGF.com. We've got news coming up in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.